Hello there, and welcome to Pink Milk, your Star Wars podcast for us super fans. And those of us who are forced to listen to them. Today is someday, and someday we're talking ghosts and found family. Are you ready, Thomas? Family. (laughs) I think I'm ready. Drink up. No, you drink up. Hello there, Pop Pop. Hello there, Bay Bay. Bay Bay. Bay Bay. Bay Bay. B A Y. B A Y. Okay, real quick, before we get into Star Wars, I want to let you know that I'm your host, Brian. With me, as always, is my better half and your better host, Thomas. Hi, Brian. Hello, Thomas. Hello. <laughs> so, I had cut Tom off because this is really riveting and I want to know what's going on. What is the common denominator between all of the housewives, Thomas? They're always in trouble. Okay. <laughs> Why? Is this a Housewives podcast? Uh, it might just become one. I don't That's know. That's really what we, what do we think? <laughs> Should the first half of Pink Milk Husband and Husband be forced to listen about Star Wars and the second half be forced to listen about Housewives? That would be this house. There probably couldn't be anything more truer than that. Maybe I should start my own podcast. For us Housewives super gays and I those. I could be up and at them. <laughs> I don't know who that is. is. That the person who made me watch at night? Yeah, I just okay just found him recently. He okay. gives a little uh, update on what's going on. I think you know. Will we call that pop culture? <laughs> I would. I would call it trash personally. Hmm. But that's bitchy and judgy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> These are their lives, Brian. <laughs> Poor Erica Jane. She's gonna be going to jail. Well, maybe not. She hopefully not. Erica, 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 Erica Gain. No, what I was saying to you before is there seems to be a commonality between a lot of these housewives. They Mm -hmm. always seem to be in trouble. Very interesting. I'll just leave it at that. You know. Well, I don't need Andy Cohen to call me up and uh, yell at me. Oh, he can call up and yell at me anytime. Hi, Andy. <laughs> uh, so is Star Wars. Star Wars is always in trouble, too. You're going to hop on Star Wars Twitter and whatever. It's always in trouble. Hmm. So, Thomas, how was your week? Anything new? Anything exciting? Hmm. Did I get my money yet to roll around in? No, I'll start rolling in next week. <laughs> okay. Okie dokie. Yeah, we had an exciting week. Had a big payoff on something, but... We don't need to tell the world about that. Oh, yes, we do. <laughs> I own my car. <laughs> my dad van is 100% my dad van. You don't have a dad van. No. I, uh, listeners, is a Tiguan a dad van? I would consider it a dad van. No. No? It is blue, like Max Rebo. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, no, honestly, that was really exciting. And we I, we worked really hard to do that. We paid it off in two years. Boom. Mm-hmm. Boom. Boom, boom, boom. You just came up on my little, on my phone, the picture that Eli took of you the day we were buying that. 
car. Oh, it was there. I was like, Aww. wow, that was two years ago. Less, wow. honestly, less than two years. It yeah. was September of 2019. Yep. Oh, wow. Boom. Wow, boom is right. Mm-hmm. You do good. See everyone on Twitter and Instagram when you tease me for not buying Star Wars toys and not buying things. This is why I don't buy those things. See everybody on Twitter and my Star accountant. Wars World when he teases me about not allowing him <laughs> to go out and buy stuff like that. That's going down in value. <laughs> Just like the car. Uh, that's why. Um, no, some of these pop figures that I have now go for, like those that He-Man and Skeletor. You know, the there? truth of the matter is... A couple hundred dollars. After it came out of my mouth, I thought about that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we're dealing with different numbers, but I know this car is not going up in value, that's no. for sure. At mm-hmm. least they have a chance to go up in value. No, so literally. I that, stand corrected. That He-Man and Skeletor is on eBay for $200 for those pop toys. Hmm. Is that Star Wars? No, it's He-Man. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. This is not a He-Man podcast. But it could be. It could be. Starting in July, there is a new He-Man series, which we also did talk mm-hmm. about on live stream. And I'll be forced to listen to that, too. You might even be forced to watch it. Crickets. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, let's start diving into this episode. Last week, real quick, we did get some feedback to put Bad Batch talk up front. We tried something different with our trivia. We tried to first but um a few people wasn't their favorite they wanted to come for the bad batch and leave for the trivia you know i'm just glad that people listen so i want to know who these people are it wasn't our favorite either yeah there you go see so it worked (laughs) and we uh you know we realized that flipping through pages live on a podcast was kind of boring so thank you for suffering through that first half of the podcast it was stressful it was and um this week i we're doing it at the end (laughs) And I'm going to knock, nail out every one of those questions. We'll see. I mean, I, I did get two right. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, my God. So, Aaron on Twitter, I played uh, Tom the little note that you had for uh, your version of the same trivia book that we have that has the little electronic sounds on it with the ding, ding, dings. That was so funny. <laughs> I still kind of like my ding, 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 though. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) All right. Well, the ding, ding, dings are going to come back at the end of the episode. So, real quick, Thomas. Yes, sir. What what was your overall reaction to episode three? I keep wanting to say chapter three after, like, the Mandalorian. Episode three of the Bad Batch replacements. Wait for it. Okay. Wait for it. I thought it was good. I did. I really thought it was good. I thought it was very, very good. I like Omega. Good. Omega. 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 Yeah, no, she's I, great. I remember I told you I felt like this one went very, f- went quickly, but it was, or and it was my favorite so far. Mine, honestly, easily my mm-hmm. favorite. My favorite episode so A far. A lot to unpack in this episode, Brian, as you may say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tom did watch this episode not once, not twice, but we just watched it for the Three third times. time. Oops. Way just, to go. I. What do you call it when I go off the chart there? Um, When it clips? Yeah, when it clips, mm-hmm. when I'm too loud. Yep. So, sorry, drivers. Hopefully you didn't get in a car accident. Send it to at Tom <laughs> Sips Pink Milk on Twitter, not to be underscore mm-hmm, Sips Pink mm-hmm. Milk. And uh-huh. one day I'll see it. <laughs> 
<laughs> you think you've only ever been on that one time. <sighs> All right, Thomas, you ready? To I got everything in? I needed that day. So I felt complete. <laughs> <laughs> I made a new friend, got a couple of memes. Felt like people understood me. That's good. Mm-hmm. That's real nice. Mm-hmm. That's real nice. This here, so I don't get fired. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Oh, boy. That's oh boy. never going to get old in my head anyway. So I am excited. In a few weeks, we have a few guests coming on. We have got one for husband and husband. We have one for the live stream to help us celebrate Pride Month. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Two listeners turned, you know, friends. And I'm very, I'm very, very excited. Will this be in my absence? No. You'll be here for one. Oh, okay. And uh, it's going to be great. Awesome. I'm really looking forward to you talking to this person, actually. So, all right. Episode three, The Replacements. I have seen a lot of things all over Twitter about replacements and this idea of the episode, like stormtroopers replacing clones, mm-hmm. which is a aspect to this. Hmm. But I want to bring in more. If it's what I'm gonna say, do you want to go first? I do. Okay. Because I think you'll be impressed. Mm. I think that the Bad Batch is a replacement for a family that Omega never had, mm-hmm. and Omega is the replacement more so for the family that was and she is the replacement for crosshair mm. what do you think of that i think it's good i think there's a reason that we are husbands and husbands talking about star wars oh <laughs> why are you gonna say the same thing yeah so uh as i said at, at the uh, in the intro we're going to be talking about the ghosts of a found family because mm-hmm. i do believe for me this episode and that term replacements sat heavier in the idea of replacing families Mm -hmm. and you can never replace a family but um i i i really the show always i mean star wars always does but brings me into ideas of our family and i think a lot about omega and when eli came eli was our our third child to come in with us who came in while we were making the podcast actually and uh the response to everyone around when a new person comes into your family. And uh, there's some really, really touching things, really cute moments, especially at the beginning of this. But one thing I, I say, the ghosts of a found family, and it's something that I don't hear a lot of people talking about, but every time, like in our story, every time a child comes into the house, they have a set of bio parents they have siblings out there somewhere that they may, may not know about, may or may not have ever lived with me, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of, and it's not just our kids, a lot of kids in this situation. We talk a lot about, especially on After Dark, about queer found families. And when, and we've been watching Pose a lot, which is all about found family too. And all of these people that come together have families that they came from. They have parents or they have siblings. And, in all of those situations, those kids don't get to see their family anymore. How, why they don't get to see them is, is different for every person, but they don't get to. And so now we have found our family and we are now a family. 
And in our house, the role of their parents is still very present every day in our house. And that's what I mean by this ghost. And it's an aspect of found family that is very often, I feel, ignored and not talked about enough because it is something that took getting used to and it took an adjustment and it was something that like I wasn't prepared for to have to carry that along with it. I mean, I'm happy to do so and I'm privileged to be able to do so, but I do feel that that might be going on a little bit here. I definitely can see it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, how do you want to start this, Pop? Do you want to what did, what did you get from this opening scene? Any 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 things with Omega and her little iPad leaning against a gong droid? I feel like I see that every single day of my life with oh, three kids. For, well, now that you mention it, absolutely I see that every day of my life. From you to the kids. <laughs> Probably. So yeah, so I mean honestly, there was some there was some big stuff in this opening scene. So mm-hmm. the idea of crosshair is brought up pretty quick. We mm-hmm. went an episode without really talking about him. We didn't see him, and mm-hmm. we didn't really talk about him. And Omega, you know, moves his weapons case, mm-hmm. and there's that awkward silence in our cute little huggable records. Like, you know, fine, I'll say it. I kind of miss him. And Hunter doesn't want to deal with it, but he's still there. Omega recognizes that he's there because she's a child, and children just point out the obvious so many times that we as we get older for whatever cultural reasons socio socio what what's the word i'm looking for economic yeah well, no. it's not socioeconomic societal reasons like okay. we don't pay attention to them mm-hmm. like they we don't talk about that that's the hush hush that's the dark secret in the family or or whatever it might be but kids don't do that and there's something really pure that i wish all of us could still do <laughs> you know um but I like that she brings that brings him up. It's I think it's really really special, and uh, but the episode of Star Wars and we get going really really quick with the ship crash landing on a moon and you know we've got a compassor to this broken text. You know we're fine, life support's fine. But while we're crashing, Wrecker hits his head, his head, mm-hmm. and the rest of the episode he complains about his head hurting on the side where the chip is. And we know that's where the chip is because in Rebels, when we meet Rex again, he's got a scar there. We saw the chip get removed in, in Clone Wars now. But that's gonna something's going to happen with that. Hmm. I don't want to see Wrecker go down like that. Mm-mm. We were talking about on the live stream, because this episode gets dark towards like the, the final act in this story. It gets really, really dark. I don't feel safe for anyone on this show. Meaning you think that anybody I think anyone could go. I do. Like I worry because it is like it's dark. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, oh my God, can you you imagine if Wrecker leaves? Something happens to Wrecker? Hmm. The same person who I hated so much. We stopped watching the second two episodes because I thought it was so dumb. And now like he's the biggest softie in the world. Like the best big brother. Mm -hmm. Uncle Wrecker. (laughs) It's so great. But do you have any questions, any notes from this like opening here, well, I Thomas? Have notes, Brian. Of course I have notes. Mm. <laughs> what were your thoughts? No, really, I have notes. Okay. I have two and a half pages of notes. But what were your thoughts on seeing Omega come in on this scene? Did it does it does she remind you of like the Eli situation at all? 
<clears throat> Gosh, no, not really. Okay. However, I do like what you said. She does have a tendency to kind of point out the obvious. Mm-hmm. And she also seems to be the, she seems to be all knowing in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, she rewind to the first episode. She, and I don't remember what she said, but something to the effect, I know what you're going to do and yep. I don't want you to do it anyway, yep. but I understand. But if you do, I'm not going to be mad at you. Right. Something like but that. But she brings back up later in this episode with mm-hmm. Hunter. Um, yeah. But like, there's the part with Wrecker. Like mm-hmm. they're running low on food, so this is important too. There's so this episode is just layering so many things that are going to be addressed. Um, they've got the food, and Wrecker is looks like Wrecker, who is basically Michael. Like everything about Wrecker is Michael. He's big, he's loud, he's fun loving, tough, but like the biggest sweetheart ever, actually, and that's mm-hmm. just very much Michael. <laughs> so every time I see Wrecker, I just think Michael. Um, who made the most adorable uh, uh, guest appearance on After Dark. So you really should just go to YouTube and watch that episode. For Check it out. My cute little son. Um, but he eats the food, and then he's like, I'm still hungry. And Hunter's like, we're running low on food. And Omega's like, here, you can have mine. And, of course, he was going to take it. And Dad has to step in and like, dude, she doesn't even have room. Mm-hmm. Don't start taking her food. And it's such a kid thing of not understanding that there are other people it around mm-hmm. you know and rucker really is a big kid like he's not really an adult he is not emotionally on the same level as everybody else I, could that be something to do with her growth acceleration stuff you know i don't know i don't but he's just not emotionally on the same level as everybody else but i think that's really interesting because it really gives him and omega a relationship that they wouldn't be able to have without one another in the same way so mm-hmm. i like that I like that a lot. Um, but yeah, I just, I love this. I love the fact that Crosshair is still there. Again, I have said this before. I think I brought it up a lot during The Mandalorian. I mm-hmm. mentioned it to you on Friday. I feel like somebody in the writer's room has to have foster experience. Like, they, it is just, there's so many things there that just seem ring way too true for someone who doesn't have that lived experience. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, really curious. Or at least definitely children. Well, definitely yeah. kids. But yeah. I just, there's stuff, I don't know, like with Grogu and Din and this idea of like Hunter's portrayal as a father is really great too because he was, he's this father who didn't think he was going to be a dad, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's figuring it all out along the way. And I go back to that very first, I think it was the, no, it's the end of the second episode when he's like, you know, I've got a lot to learn too, kid. Speaking of kids, we have one screaming. In the background. <laughs> Screaming with joy. Oh, yes. Yes, not sorry. As opposed to some of those other times when he's screaming to scream. <laughs> uh, the two youngest ones, we bought them Lego City, a video game that we once got rid of because it caused too many arguments, and now we are being reminded. <laughs> but that was a scream of joy. So, Thomas, you said you have two and a half pages of notes. But I yeah, do. like... Actually, before we go to the notes, what are your okay. thoughts of the ghosts in the found family? Like, how, how do you think about those things? Because they are ever-present in our lives. And now, the ghost of Crosshair and, which we haven't even really began to address yet, Omega's past is now a ghost 
with Clone Force 99. Or are you asking specifically with my family? Yeah, or, like just your well, thoughts. No, I feel it every single day. Like your every thoughts on day. it. Yeah, no, I, I feel it every single day. You know, uh, each one of them has one primary ghost, each one mm-hmm. of our three sons, that in some way, shape, or form, their mention mm-hmm. happens pretty consistently very very consistently you know and it's sometimes you honor that mention and sometimes you're pushing it away in a way you know because you don't want to upset mm-hmm. anybody yep. but uh but yeah i think it's uh actually a very good thing to point out yeah, yeah. like as a parent to that mm-hmm. what do you think your responsibility is like if you to had honor to, it yeah, if you had else. to give Hunter advice, what would you tell Hunter? Honor it. It's mm-hmm. there. You know, their feelings are not right or wrong. The mm-hmm. things they come out of their mouth, you know, on topics like that are not yep. right or wrong. You have to honor them. You know, you can't rewrite history. Um, you have to honor it in a way and learn from it. Yep. You know, it was something that like they never really brought that up during foster training and adoptive training when we were back in those things that's because it's a you and i thing i don't yeah. think it's an everybody else thing no i know it isn't because we had once dealt with so uh our our adoption agency there was a family who needed some advice and they were asking for help from other families so they sent them our way and it was a a life lesson to hear these parents talk about a at the time, uh, she was like an 11 year old girl that was placed in their home and she should know better. And she's too far behind in reading that she, you know, she's this or she's that. Mm-hmm. And they were mad that she wasn't appreciative to be in this home, that she liked their her old family. Even the old family was hard for her. I was like, oh my. It was this like wake up call to what can really go on. I'm their like, expectations were not in line with reality. No. You know, sometimes, you know, we've often had conversations about their expectations were not set correctly. Mm -hmm. And I've often thought about that statement as in, what were they even thinking? (laughs) I mean, mean, okay. I should, if somebody really had to point out the obvious. I was going to say there is like, there is reality expectations, but like these children are there not on any count that they want to be there. Mm -hmm. Like it's really, it was just that, that kind of, obvious stuff Mm -hmm. you should know if you're going to get into this world at all like understand that that's the way it's going to be and how dare they blame a child for loving their parents like how dare they you know at some point during our journey it went from all about us to all about them and it went there very very quickly and i think a lot of people that go down the journey Mm -hmm. that we've gone on not a lot of people no i take that back some people that go on the journey that we had been on Mm -hmm. and are on every day never click over it's still all about them and in the people that were you're making reference to there it is all about them and i know we are connected through facebook and i still see it yep. it is all about them it has never been <laughs> and that about child anybody else that child did not stay with them no <laughs> and thank god thank god is right and i know it sounds terrible but it ended up in a wonderful home so yeah yep yeah it was just and it wasn't that one <laughs> yeah it's just interesting that those like i wish this aspect was talked about more honestly i think it's really really important and it is i don't want to say it's hard to have live with a ghost Mm -hmm. because 
as Luke Skywalker says in The Last Jedi, powerful light and powerful dark. We have mentioned it so many times here. Nothing good brought our children to us. There is darkness there. We talked about it when I opened up about my sexual assault. There is darkness there, but it becomes a part of who you are. And the power to move forward is to be able to take the good and take the bad and realize both of those situations make us who we are today right now. And they were, they will play a part in who we who we become tomorrow. And darkness put on you or you coming from some place of dark does not define who you are, but it does define a part of your life or a part of your history. Mm-hmm. And I think it should be talked about and talked about positively so that we don't have situations. I don't want my children to ever be ashamed of anything. I don't I don't want my children to hate their biological parents. I don't want that. I don't wish I that for them. You know, we've been pretty open. I have struggles every once in a while when I just get really mad that choices made by parents put my kids in the life that they, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I have anger in, in moments, but I pull myself back to what you said. It's not about me. Mm-mm. And those are still my children's biological parents, and I have to honor them. So I have to love and respect them, too. My feeling is that we just don't judge them. We really, truly don't. Yep. I mean... Do In you moments. have a moment? Are you a human being? Of course you you are. However, I pull myself back all the time, and I'm just not judging them. I wasn't there. I'm a beneficiary, essentially, of their poor decisions, and I'm grateful every single day. I'm yep. sorry they all had to go through it, yep. but specifically for the boys to have had to go through it. Yep. I agree, and I just... I feel like in this episode, there's so much layered in this episode already, but I feel like some of those bones are starting to be laid here that we might actually be able to tackle some of these like really important conversations. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm excited for that. So, all right. You said you have two and a half pages of notes. Do you have any questions for me, Thomas? Do I have any questions? What was the name of the planet? Oh, okay. What's in your notes? Ordo, the, uh, like the moon of Ordo or something like that, I think. Let me get the readers on. (laughs) having trouble with the, I, uh, I loved that very uh empire strikes back feel in this episode how did you feel about omega crawling down the hole and what had transpired between okay. uh go, hole please hole well let me ask you a question would be yeah what transpired between Ordo Moon Dragon. The, Ordo the Moon Dragon. Yeah, and the her. Moon Dragon and her. Something happened there. I yeah. thought that was very interesting. Okay, so let me. I'm going to throw this at you. This is how I chose to break it up Don't on the throw live stream. Anything at me, Brian. On the live stream was we kind of talked about Clone Force ninety nine and Omega, mm-hmm. and then we talked about the Empire because there's kind of two separate stories. One with Omega and the and the Clone Force, and then a story about the Empire and the Kaminoans. Right. So we'll talk about that as like two separate stories as opposed to jumping back and forth because I think it's hard to talk about it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I want to ask you first because I think I know. Mm -hmm. I I have my theories. I have my ideas. But what do you think? Like, So I think what you're getting at, does she have special abilities like the rest of Clone Force 99? And last week, Cut said the the Kaminoans don't make anything without a purpose. I have to say... I think she does, although this is in the very early stages, mm-hmm. but I've noticed something. Okay. And maybe she has an ability to understand and communicate differently. She had the 
she almost understood in a way what the the moon dragon mm-hmm. needed. So she gave him the flashlight. Yep. You know, he certainly was screaming at her. Well, he roaring. was calm before that too. Mm-hmm. And then became like a kitty cat with a flashlight and bouncing, chasing the light ball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, there are a few theories out there. Like, a, there's a lot of theories thinking she's force sensitive. Okay. That's still what I believe. Uh, but there's also, and maybe this could still be a force sensitivity power that we don't know about, if I phrased that right. Um, there are some people out there thinking she's a mimic. So, like, in the in the very first episode during, I think it's the cafeteria scene, like, she's kind of, like, Hunter would put his his fist on his chin, and she was doing the same thing. She was turning like him. But then in this episode, she's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm tracking when he's, like, looking at the dirt. And she's mm-hmm. like, do you think I can learn how to do that, too? Um, so maybe that's what she is. Hmm. But we see both Ezra in Rebels and Rey in The Rise of Skywalker have the ability to talk to animals through the Force. Hmm. That there is somehow like a calming energy that you're kind of saying between animals and a Force user. Not all Force users have this. And Ezra takes it to a whole other level. Mm -hmm. Um, But I can see that for sure. I like that idea that she can communicate differently. You mentioned earlier today about the thing with with crosshair in the first episode like Mm -hmm. she understands she can read a room very very well so what is whispering in her ear to teach her how to read a room like that Hmm. it's interesting Mm -hmm. it's really really interesting um but yeah so i think that she has the force and she was talking to that little moon dragon personally because it kind of made you like the moon dragon after that and then we never saw him again no they were just trying to survive yep that's it. Um, eating, eating batteries, eating batteries. Um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree a lot. What did you think it said about Omega? So Hunter's mask gets knocked off. He passes out. Mm-hmm. She puts the mask back on him so he can breathe again. But she went dove right into that cave. Like she asserted herself too to say, "Hey, I'm part of this, this, this squad Team. too, mm-hmm. right?" Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Okay." Um, I can't wait to see her in some little armor with a little helmet. It's going to be so cute. Um, but she dove right into that cave. And, you know, then she comes out and she's like, we had a mission, right? I had to go get the, the carburetor or converter. Capacitor. Capacitor. Mm-hmm. Know, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> we have them on our AC units, honey. Okay. <laughs> I just write a check and say, fix it. Thank you. <laughs> So, what did you think about that? Because I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. I thought she uh, was feeling like she was part of the squad. Mm-hmm. And she's mentioned that she's part of the squad. And she's behaving like she's part of the squad. And she contributed now. Yeah, it's like, you know, we also hear in this episode... At the end, at the end, it's so sweet when Wrecker gives her a bedroom. Like, you know, we, mm-hmm. we mentioned that, you know... He tried to take her food and Hunter's like, she doesn't have a room. And then so he builds her this room, which is really touching with like the curtains and the little like string lights and the thing. It was so cute. Uh, so cute. And she's like, I've never had a room before. Mm-hmm. These people are seeing her, which we mentioned. He sees her when she's up on that podium the first time they make eye contact. And she, look at how the Camino ones treat 
we hear at the end of this episode, Lama Sue's like, they are, after all, Camino and property. <laughs> and that's probably how she was treated. So she was never really a part of anything. We don't even, where did she stay? Where did she sleep? Where did she do any of those things, you know? So it's interesting that she also wants to contribute. You know, remember mm-hmm. when kids wanted to contribute and they liked to clean the house and they wanted to help? <laughs> mm. Well, briefly, because they briefly did. <laughs> Although they go back and forth. You know, truth, we had a we had a chore day yesterday, <laughs> cleaning day yesterday. And, you know, overall, I got to say they were very good about doing things. They and were. even last week, they were very good. Michael came into the uh, bathroom and was like, Daddy? He was rearranging his office. So we have like a little closet underneath the stairs and Michael calls it his office, which is oftentimes set up with like computers that he makes out of cardboard boxes and a little chair made out of cushions. And he goes and he works. It's his office, Tom. He -hmm. works. And he realized that the office, he was telling me, was getting a little cluttered. So he needed to reorganize. So he took everything out and put it back in anyways. And he came upstairs. He's like, and daddy even let me mop. And I was like, he did. (laughs) He's like, just like the old days. Michael's back in business, baby. <laughs> it was so cute. <laughs> like I said, he's Rucker. I could mm-hmm. see Rucker saying that. Um, do you have anything else for Clone Force 99 and our little found family? Do you want to gush about Omega more? Because I feel like everyone's just falling in love with Omega. She's so great. I mean, she's hard not to like. She's so, you know, she's so that's great. That's how Disney does it. Or you know, Star Wars, sorry. It's going to be interesting, they too. They bring a kid. You like the kid. Because look, you know, so it should oh, be interesting. Yeah, it's great. They're mm-hmm. our access point, you mm-hmm. know. And I can tell you, I always, like, I'm a parent now. Like, I relate to the to, to Grogu and Omega in a way that I would have never been able to engage with Star Wars if I was not a parent. Not, And I was really connected to it both ahsoka and to ezra who are kind of our kids before mm-hmm. and i was very connected to them but it was different it was more about like how i went through life and almost wishing i could have had some of the experiences at a younger age that they got to have but now i'm a parent and i'm like oh i want to make sure i teach my kids some of these things that's an interesting uh interesting thought which kid in the star wars universe would you want to be what i want to be mm-hmm. Ooh. when they were kids not the later Which on. Which kid would I want? I would want to be... Oh, God. Well, I don't know. It's kind of unfair because we haven't been with Omega very long. Mm-hmm. But I... No. I'd want to be Ezra because the ghost crew is where it's at. Like, mm-hmm. talk about the perfect family. Hera and Kanan are, like, great parents. Like, fantastic. Talk about... You know how we mentioned last week that you need to give your kids, like, the ability to choose and, like think on their own kind of thing that's mm-hmm. pretty much how they were raised and yeah what about you i don't have an answer well you don't even know ezra I, like yeah you don't no, know. i feel like i want to say ezra because you, you always speak so highly of him yeah uh i don't know if i have an answer i don't know that i'm there and to talk, be able to provide an answer and i, I thought men- it was a good question yeah i had mentioned <laughs> uh powerful light and powerful dark mm-hmm. ezra understands that really really well too mm-hmm. actually and he learns some from masoka it's great mm-hmm. you know if I didn't see the Tros, mm-hmm. is that the Tros? Which the Rise it? of Skywalker? Okay, yeah. If I didn't see the later on in life mm-hmm. ones, I would always have said uh, Luke Skywalker. Okay. But then you saw the later on in life, you saw the 
old Luke and uh wasn't quite the uh the same. Yeah, just wasn't. It's nope. Okay. And there's a lot of a lot of takes on that Luke, good and bad. Mm. I personally love that Luke. Mm. And I love him because he came back at the end. Um but he needed to go through that. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, Omega's fantastic. I can't wait to get more of her story. Like I just find her really interesting. Oh, I wanted to bring up uh when we first met her, she had that little that little medallion on her head mm-hmm. and now it's not there and I feel like Nala Say, who is the other Camino one that's been hanging out with Lama Sue, mm-hmm. she let her off. She cares about her. I think probably to the extent that a Camino one can care because there seems to be some wall put up that they can't get past. Mm-hmm. And what is that going to say to Nala say? Because you know they're going to run into each other again. Well, I'm curious why they're not looking for Omega now. I mean, if this is their okay. property, they the statement was, hey, they're Kaminoan. Kaminoan? Yeah. Kaminoan? I think so. I, Kaminoan? A Kaminoan. Kaminoan property. Yep. Well, she's property. Why are they not looking for her? Well, you know, I think I want to talk about that at the end because we... We mention it at the end, very end of this episode mm-hmm. because I'm looking forward to Camino versus the Empire. But let's do that after the break. Oh, we're going on a break? We're going on a break. We will Here be we go. right Boom. back. It sounds like the force. All right, Thomas. Maybe I'm force sensitive. Hmm. Maybe. Could be. If it was a real thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just not going to even respond to the things that I want to respond with. All right. So, Thomas, what did you think yes. about the Empire and all the things... We had going on with the Empire and the Stormtroopers being introduced. Well, do you mean the Elite Squad? replacements. The Elite Squad? Yeah, they're early ideas of Stormtroopers. Okay. You know, um, I thought it was pretty good, actually. You know, it's all new to me. Okay. But now I understand. I didn't, wasn't even really paying attention that clone more clones weren't Stormtroopers, but... Now I, I see the connection. <laughs> <laughs> Connections were connection. made. But interesting... Because Tarkin and Admiral Wait, wait. Do you remember Tarkin down? from the movies yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Admiral Rampart. Rampart is. Uh, I, I think it's interesting how he's trying to replace them with people, essentially, right? Yeah, and, and why? He thinks that people that will, because they'll be loyal, because they're going to volunteer. They'll be loyal to the cause. Which is really, really interesting so rampart's like hey if we're gonna be an empire ruling we need an army Mm -hmm. to rule with Mm -hmm. and it should be people Mm -hmm. and then we get that first one like ct001 or something like that um he's like i'm getting paid more i have a nicer place to live the Mm empire is already treating me than the Mm -hmm. better than a republic ever did and then at the end Mm -hmm. he's the one who doesn't want to fulfill Mm -hmm. the mission and actually execute uh generis 
people? Sagrera's people. Uh, yeah, so the okay, so that was really, really cool. We we get the introduction to Rampart, mm-hmm. who we saw in a hologram last week. Mark is very thirsty for Rampart. He has a very big crush. It's hilarious. Really? Yeah. Um so now every time I think that, that's what I think of. But um so Tarkin is like, all right, you think this elite squad, you think they're going to be more loyal. I'm going to put them to the same test that the Clone Force failed at. So mm-hmm. they're, you're going to go to Onderon, and there's a bunch of people there you need to kill. So um, the elite squad, at least that dude, but I suspect everybody else too, is not real thrilled that Crosshair is going to be their captain. So they And they were recharging his... Uh, chip again and Tarkin's like I hope it sticks this time so it's just been interesting like thought policing versus choice and all that like this like the that's bringing into this can the government can a government control its people this is what the people wanted Padme announces in the uh, in the Revenge of the Sith so this is how liberty dies with thunderous applause it's a really really important yeah, good line mm-hmm. and now people are applauding and this is what it looks like so can the government control people they can control clones because they're microchipped and they've basically turned them into droids and this guy's like you don't even need that anymore we're so powerful already we've been around for two days we can control all these people it's really it's cool what do you think can can a government control those people i think it can unfortunately yeah yeah with enough might makes the right mm-hmm. and and then generations of that they don't even understand or think they're wrong yep which begs the question because we always all think we're right mm-hmm. so who's right and who's wrong sometimes yep because then, you know, there are going to be people, there's always going to be people like Saw Gerrera mm-hmm. and those people who want to rise up. There's always going to be a rebel alliance, but are they strong enough? You know, or is, is there enough numbers? It's really interesting. It's really, I don't know. Um, But we get, we're on that ship and there's already tension between the stormtroopers and the clone. They don't like that the clone is leading them. Mm-hmm. So we have, and with the, the clone force brought up at the beginning of this episode, they're still calling them regs. Like these clones are just not like respected by anybody now. Um. But you're right. So then the orders are to go kill all these civilians, basically. Mm-hmm. Sagrera is not there. Sagrera is a known non-believer in the Republic and now the Empire. Like So right or wrong, I can understand why they want to go after him. But these are just civilians who a family was just trying to get off world. That was all they were going to do. And the Clone, Clone Force 99 wouldn't kill them. That's how they are now being hunted. So, and now that big, proud Imperial was like, I'm not, we're not an execution squad. We're soldiers. And Crosshair's like, well, this is why they put me in charge. And he kills him. The the whole thing was out. That was heavy. Mm -hmm. Like, Michael hasn't seen this episode yet, and I don't even know how I feel about, like, that scene. Hmm. It's big. Good question. Because Michael's really sensitive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if 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 he'll handle that well. Do you? What do you find the most intriguing though between what they're setting up here? So they're kind of setting up this idea of the Empire already versus Camino. Tarkin talks about that clones are cost prohibitive. They're really really expensive, so they got to go eventually. But they're still useful 
right now. Mm-hmm. And stormtroopers don't like clones. Crosshair already doesn't like the stormtroopers, so they're like clones and troopers don't seem to like each other. Mm-hmm. And where do you think that could possibly go? Well, we all know where it's going because the stormtroopers will eventually take their their spot. Mm-hmm. So it comes down to what's going to happen in between. What's the struggle going to be? And I think that there's going to be a slow fade out because at this moment in time, there's more clones than there are future stormtroopers, right? Oh, yeah. There's a lot more clones. Yeah. So it'll be a, a slow fade fade out. Maybe what will happen is, and again, I'm not the super fan, so I don't even know if it's gone. But maybe that planet, that whole species, will be wiped out. Then they will. Camino. Be, yeah. Maybe that will all be erased, and oh my. Yeah, and then they they won't be able to make them. This is episode ninety nine. We're talking Clone Force ninety nine on episode ninety nine. Okay. And you're super fan. You're like. Super casual fan at best is starting to slip. I just brought this up on the live stream. Really? Like, Camino's not around. What's going to happen? Huh. Uh, it's interesting. Like, I... Do you remember before I was really into the show, I was like, I don't like the Bad Batch. I do not care about them, but I'm really excited about and this you're time. you're really liking them now, I, which is nice Oh, it is like a 180. Yeah. Like, I really, really... All of them are great. Mm-hmm. They're really really great i'm telling you it was the perfect choice and you wouldn't know this but we saw caleb doom who's Kanan jars right mm-hmm. so there was a comic about that event and it switched around a little bit so some people were really really upset because disney came out and said if you read a book or a comic it's gonna count so that's canon and it switched that story up a little bit so people are really upset or they were when that came out and i under- i i understand i'm not one of those people like the movies and the cartoons are always going to come first. That's what's, mm-hmm. you know, I don't see a movie ever con- completely contradicting a cart, like a Clone Wars or a Bad Batch episode. I don't see that happening. That I might, I don't know. I, I, it does. Anyways, but it was so smart for them to have Hunter save Caleb, who was Kanan, because it made us like instantly care about him. Mm-hmm. So it was really, really smart. And you're right, I've done a 180. Like I'm, I'm all in. The show is started off stronger than rebels ever did it's starting off stronger than clone wars ever did so i can't even imagine where this show's gonna go but at the time i was really excited about this time period because of exactly this Mm -hmm. like how do the stormtroopers come in so we know you you said it he wasn't going to execute them so when do stormtroopers become that when does a person let the government control them so much that they will become a volunteer execution squad like what, like what happened? Like, yeah, it's so like, it's cool. Because then you get the the likes of Darth Vader, Snoke, the Emperor, mm-hmm. and everybody fears them. Yep. They see things like remember when Darth Vader picked the guy up, mm-hmm. squeezed his neck. Mm-hmm. Remember, was that uh, Empire Strikes Back? A New Hope. Oh, A New Hope. Yep, that was our introduction to Darth Vader. Yep. And he's just baby Darth Vader. Like, I I want him to come back. I don't want him to be in all the time, but I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on with him right now because Mm -hmm. he's baby Darth Vader. So so he's around right now, right? Yeah, he just became Darth Vader like two days ago. Oh, okay. So he's just uh, learning how to use all that equipment, Mm -hmm. getting fitted for the cape. 
<laughs> getting fidget. <laughs> yep. No, he's got his cape. He's learning to walk because we saw him walk when he becomes our Vader. He doesn't walk real great yet because he's got robot legs now. So uh-huh. he's got to learn how to walk a little better. Okay. He's he's dealing with the death of Padme and all of that. It's in, like so. I'm curious. I'm looking. So forward where did to we that. see him doing that? No, that's what's going in comics. Like that's oh, been going on because at the okay. end of Revenge. So this started at Order sixty six, which mm-hmm. happened at the end of Revenge of the Sith. It was right. after Order sixty six that Obi Wan almost killed him, and then he became Darth Vader. And this really is just days later or weeks later. It is not long. There's not been a lot of time mm-hmm. passing yet. Um, where this will go, I don't know. I love that. I'm really hooked on the idea that you brought up last week. Of are we going to see Omega getting older? Like, it's one of those speculation things that, like, it's dangerous to speculate sometimes because if it doesn't go down that road, it's hard sometimes to mm-hmm. not go, well, I wanted to see that. <laughs> but I'm kind of there. I really liked that. I thought you brought up something really interesting. Well, everyone else in both Clone Wars and in, what's the other one? Rebels. Rebels. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody gets older. Everybody gets older. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the older adults. or The adults. It was the kids that got older. No, right? even all of them got older. They did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yeah, in all of those. In all of those, for sure. Um, I'm looking forward to, like, a war between the clones and the stormtroopers. I think that would be amazing if that's where it goes. Camino's like, you're not taking away from us that easily. So we get to the end of this, and there's the talk of... uh, of Lama Sue saying, you know, we need to figure out plan B so we can make sure because he's worried they're going to lose all their money. Mm-hmm. That the clone program is going to become obsolete. And what's Camino supposed to do? Because that's their revenue. And, and Nala says, like, well, Django Fett's DNA is starting to crack. Like, we can't keep making clones off of this. And Django Fett's dead now, so they can't go get more from him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we need the clones. And then Nala says, like, they're not going to come back willingly. And that's when Lama says, well, at the end of the day, they're Camino property. And we only ever need one. So I, we're assuming they're talking about Clone Force 99. But it also doesn't exactly make sense because Crosshair is right there. So is there someone else out there? Are there more Omegas out there? That's what I'm wondering at the end of this. Are there more Omegas? Hmm. Or is she the only one? Like, I'm thinking we only need one, meaning we only need Omega. Omega is whatever. Don't they have extras in the factory? We don't know. Huh. We don't know. They Were they one of a kind? Everybody else, there's multiples of it. Are they one of mm-hmm. a kind? Hmm. Um, but I'm wondering if the Kaminoans didn't put another chip in them <laughs> that will have them turn on whoever they're being controlled by and, and listen to only the Kamino. Because I mean, if they were smart, they would have. <laughs> because they're not like bad, but they're not good. They're just interested in moving themselves forward. That's mm-hmm. it. There's no loyalty but to themselves, which is really, really cool. Um, I like that a lot. And I like to. So we're about to. How far is the Empire willing to go? Good question. To see the future. How far, when does the stormtrooper become the executioner? When do they stop stop saying no? Because we know that it happens eventually. We see in The Force Awakens, all of those stormtroopers like murdered all of those people. And that's what got Finn to run away. Because he was like, I'm not doing this. 
So we know what happens. When do the Kaminoans say enough's enough with the Empire and I'm not working with you anymore because I don't trust you and I'm going to start looking out for myself? And you're right. We don't. It doesn't mean Kamino's gone. We never see it again. So there is. What if they just. What if like an early sample test of the Death Star? Some sort of of Death Star technology, because the first test was on on um oh god I'm blanking on the planet on Jeddah in Rogue One. That was the first test of the Death Star. But what if there was tests before there was the Death Star? You know that could be, and they do it to them. That would be Mm -hmm. that would be crazy. And then the next thing that I'm interested in seeing what people will be willing to do is Clone Force ninety nine. And Hunter, they're soldiers. They know how to follow orders. They do those things, and they they have a family to support now. They're running out of capacitors. They're running out of food. And I know there was a trailer where we see them looking, trying to get money from a Trandoshan. So at some point, they become like mercenaries or something, maybe. Mm -hmm. How are they going to start supporting themselves? Like, where is the show going to go? At this point, you saw a lot of bricks being laid, right? Mm-hmm. You said it yourself. There's a lot of layers in this. Yes. Where do you see this show going? I got to be honest. I have no idea. And that's why I am really enjoying it. Some of the other stuff seems so predictable. We mm-hmm. know the, you know, what was happening a lot in the movies mm-hmm. and some of the things that we've seen. But this one is all new to everybody. It's new to me for sure. Yeah. Um, but I have no idea. And I actually like not knowing at this moment. I don't feel like I have enough. Give me a, an episode one, two, four, five more. I might yeah. know. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. Or you Let won't. me ask you. <laughs> yeah. Where do you see it going? Yeah, I don't know either. Mm-hmm. Like this to me is why I love storytelling like this when it's all out of sequence. Mm-hmm. Because I know stormtroopers become an execution squad, but we just don't know how they get there. I knew, I know that there are thousands of clones out there and that by the time the original trilogy comes back, we don't ever see any. There's Boba. He's still around. Boba Fett's still around, but we don't see any. Hmm. So where did they go? Like, I find that stuff fascinating. We know there's still some Jedi running around at order 66. Didn't just like poof. They're gone. Like, are we going to see Jedi? There's still our possibility to see Jedi coming up in this. Right. Um, Ahsoka's still running around. Rex is still running around. Like, I'm excited for all of that. Like, I like connective tissues. I like to see characters from other things. And I don't need them to be a main character. I don't need them around all of the time. I really can't wait to meet new people that I don't know yet, just like Omega. But I'm curious to see how these new characters interact with the characters that we know. Obi-Wan's out there. Are they going to see Luke? Are they going to see baby Luke at some point? Are they going to go to Tatooine? hope they go to Tatooine. Um, I think I think I feel comfortable saying there's going to be a big, gigantic, whether it's this season or future seasons, a brawl of clones versus stormtroopers and mm-hmm. Kamino versus the Empire. Mm-hmm. That yeah, I can see happening. Yeah, I agree. And that will be awesome. We know who wins. <laughs> Doesn't make it any less in- intriguing of how and why. Right. You know, it's really... I'm excited. Do Hunter and and the gang, are they still around during the OT? Do they die? Where's Omega? Omega's, in theory, if she lives, she's still around during the sequel trilogy, but we never saw her. What happens to her story? Where does she go? Mm-hmm. I'm ex- like, That's the stuff. 
that's what I'm excited about. Um, but I'm mostly excited to see how Liberty really dies. Cause right now it's still breathing. It's too close, but I'm looking forward to it dying, which is very dark, but I find it interesting. And, and the pre rebels, pre pre rebels. So with that, Thomas, are you ready for trivia? I am. All right. I'm going first. And here we go. Number one, Thomas. Who fixed the hyperdrive on the Millennium Falcon? A. C-3PO. B. R2-D2. D. Chewbacca. Or C. Chewbacca. Sorry. Or D. Lando. C. Chewbacca. Eh. A. C-3PO. Eh. B. R2-D2. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, C-3PO is trying to communicate with the hyperdrive and it has a very peculiar dialect. Hmm. Because we love you, L3. Uh, What was the name given to the Imperial program that attempted to build droid warriors to crush the rebellion but resulted in IG-88? And probably IG-11. A. Project Starscream. Ooh, voiced by Chris Lada. B. Gurdon's Folly. C. Project Fluth Droid. Or D. Loris's Folly. A. Eh. Project Starscream would be great. Starscream from Transformers. C. Ding, ding, ding. Mm, lucky guess. <laughs> <laughs> what did R2-D2 turn on in Princess Leia's chamber in Echo Base? The environmental control. B. The atmospheric correction unit. C. The fresh air cylinder. Or D. The thermal heater. B. Nope. Whew, this is good. What is Hoth? A planet. Made of what? Water. Ice. The ice planet Hoth. <laughs> well, D, the thermal oh, heater. see if he was frozen or not. <laughs> it's Hoth. It's the snow planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. All right, here we go. Question number one. Where were the Tatooine exteriors filmed? A, Death Valley. B. Tanisha. C. Leavesden Studios. D. Arizona. Is it only one answer? Only one answer. The Tatooine exteriors, because there was parts filmed in Tunisia. Does it say what movie? Nope. I'm going to go with Arizona, because there was stuff filmed here. And Tunisia. And maybe, no. (laughs) Which is your final answer? Arizona. Tunisia. Correct. Ding, 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 ding. Well, that doesn't make sense because there was... Hey. Whatever. Don't talk to me. Talk to the book. (laughs) All right. Question number two. Who portrayed Chancellor Valorum in The Phantom Menace? Was it A, Ian McDermott? Nope. That's Palpatine. B, Silas Carson. Nope. C, Terrence Stamp. C, Terrence Stamp. D, Final answer. Jerome Blank. 
Terrence Stamp, Zod from Superman. Ding, 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 ding. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> I'm giving right. myself that last Question one, Question number three. Who portrayed Yaddle in The Phantom Menace? Was it A, Frank Oz, B, mm. Sophia Coppola, C, Silas Carson, D, Michelle Taylor? I'm going to say Frank Oz. I don't really know, though. I don't know. Silas Carson. Okay, there we go. Boom. Don't know, don't care. Well, maybe we shouldn't be doing trivia. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if we should either. (laughs) Well, hey, we're educating one another. Mm Mm-hmm. I will not be on the Schmodown anytime soon. (laughs) No. (laughs) Well, thank you, Thomas. This was a fun episode. I am loving, 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 loving The Bad Batch. This episode was great. I cannot wait to see where it goes. And Thomas, next time you and I are sitting here, it's going to be episode 101. 101. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to turn it into an education episode. We are? Yeah. Like, you know, English 101. We're going to be doing Star Wars 101 on episode 101. So come with your questions. I'm going to quiz you on like character names and all of these things because (laughs) this is episode 101. You've done Uh this a lot of times now. You have grown a lot in your knowledge as much as you sometimes want to pretend like you haven't. I can Mm -hmm. tell by the questions you're asking. But I also still want you to ask me questions. Is there going to be awards? Honey. You're looking at your greatest reward right now. (laughs) Very true. I am a gift. And it keeps on giving. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, I want you to come with the things that you still don't understand. Like the questions. So We just have an hour. (laughs) (laughs) For that, I'll give you a tip. Okay. (laughs) Do you want to sit here for two hours? No. Okay. I mean, yes, of course I do. (laughs) Well, with that, thank you for listening, everyone. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Serving Pink Milk. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube at Pink Milk Podcast and check us out every Friday late night where myself, my friends Mark and Emma, we all take deep dives into Star Wars and we talk it queerly, especially turn in this Friday because it is going to be episode 100. 100, 100, 100. I can't believe it. We're going to be talking live, just like we do every Friday with the steam room. So come, pour up your skins. What do you do in a steam room? I don't know. You're supposed to do something with your skin. Wear your towel. (laughs) Or don't. It's fine to not wear a towel either. We celebrate everything there. Until next week, Thomas. Are you ready? I'm ready. Drink up. Drink up. Bye.